100 episodes of game shows, I suppose. And it started with me rambling into a microphone. We might as well end with me rambling into a microphone. Anyway, I guess we should start the show. Welcome to game shows, I suppose. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing that I know something about game shows, I suppose. I'm a pre-recorded Jordan Haas, and I'm celebrating 100 episodes of game shows, I suppose, by myself. Like, not even as a bit. This is, like, kind of, honestly, a, a, a shit fest, if I have to be be sincere here. Uh, 100 episodes and a single congrats tweet or... Or even like a little messenger on Facebook like, way to go, Jordan. You did your best. No, no, none of that. None of that. It feels like, you know, like when you were like a kid and you were like had that anxiety when you had like a birthday party and you invited like seven of your close friends and then like none of them showed up. That's kind of what it feels like right now. But, you know, they actually did not show up. So, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Uh, anyway, today's episode is one of my all-time favorite games of all time, and I mean that sincerely. This is, to me, the greatest game show of all time. We'll be talking about Deal or No Deal in just a bit, but before we get to that, we gotta get through the pricing game spotlight. Time is money. Premiere date. Barker era. September 22nd, 2003. Finale date. April 23rd, 2004. Premiere date. September 22nd, 2014. Drew Carey in the new revival era. What? Uh, well, it's like a canceled but not canceled. So, uh, bop, 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 bop. I gotta do it. Time is money. The similarities to race game in the opposite essence of switcheroo and line them up. Originally, it was played for a prize and a $500 cash bonus, but today it's being played for up to $20,000 in cash. Here's how the original one worked. Contestants were shown five grocery items. They were given 20 seconds to place each of the items in one of three shelves based on their prices. Less than $3, 3 to $6, and over 6 If the contestant placed all of their items correctly, they won the prize. However... Uh, if they got it wrong, they weren't told how many items were placed incorrectly. They were told how many were incorrect, but not which ones, and were given another 20 seconds to make corrections. While in the, and in the current version, while the game itself remains the same, the player now has just 10 seconds to place the items in the right platforms based on their prices, 0 to 299 3 to 5 and $6 or more. Once finished, the player will hit a button to see if they're successful. 
Although he or she doesn't have to hit the button, he or she can let time run out. If they're right, they win $20,000. If they are wrong, however, the contestant's given another 40 seconds of time with the cash down counting down at $500 a second. If the player completes the game before money hits zero, they win whatever money's left. And yes, I like this version a whole lot more. On the original version's first two planes, time is money is the 15-second clock, and the contestant was given a $500 voucher to start the game. If all props are placed correctly in one turn, the player won both the prize and the money. Otherwise, they were, told, they were not told the number of mistakes or which items were placed incorrectly, but were offered the choice of keeping $500 or returning in exchange for a second chance, similar to Make Your Mark. Before its permanent removal from the pricing game rotation 2008, another 15 seconds was used to place them. Then the regular rules debuted in 2003. That's right. So they had to fidget the rules a bit because the original version sucked. It wasn't good. The game was removed from the pricing game rotation after its initial playing on April 23rd, 2004, of order 2004, partially because it proved very hard to tape the game without having to make post-production edits. Then producer Roger Dobkowitz, who created the game, of course he did, uh, had announced plans to bring the game back with a smaller set on the stage's turntable, but it never came to fruition as he was fired at the end of season 36 by then executive producer Sin Vintages, which evidently led to the game being officially retired in the summer of 2008. Although it was announced on CBS.com 10 days before the premiere of the 43rd season that the game would return to the rotation, along with a revamp set and all new rules, effectively turning it to a pure cash game. On November 21st, 2014, originally scheduled to air on November 14th and February 21st, 2018, Bug Money Make, it was played for $200,000. But in fact, sadly, the contestants both won nothing. The contestants in their respective episodes, ba 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 on January 35th, uh, 26, 2015, history was made when a contestant named Suzanne managed to place the five grocery items in the right spots on the first try within the 10-second time limit, becoming the first of five contestants to win the $20,000. Uh, Bridget, a perfect win, the clangs and whoops were heard, and the lighted squares on the orange and the left hand of the blue, blue doors flash green and teal as a backdrop of the lighted borders surrounding it flash green and teal as well for the second perfect win. A $20,000 graphic was shown on screen. Time is Money has never been the first or second game to be played in the game slotting list, the Drew Carey version. Mainly because, like Ratlays, it takes time to start up. The game can be no longer than a third on the show. Uh, time is Money has been lost four times in the original version, and newer version has been lost 40 times, the most recent being May 27, 2020. Set changes for its first several planes, the original version, grocery packers were plugged the Trilons, uh, with the Trilons themselves now sporting white asterisks on a red background. Current for the game's uh, first three games, plays, there were no prices on the grocery items at the game's end. The prices on the grocery products were added. Uh, originally, the correct guesses were verified with cash register sound. This changed to bell rings. This game can't use just any five grocery items. One has to be below three. At least one has to be between three and six. And at least one has to be above six. At least one grocery item must be on each shelf. And the game must have at most three items on any one shelf. For the full game to be counted as a win, the contestant needs to win any amount of money, not necessarily the full $20,000. Most number of times it was played in a season was 16. The former and current versions both debuted on the same day, but honestly, different years. Now, that's a fun fact. I did not know that. 
I got to recheck that. September 22nd, 2000. And then the new version debuted September 22nd, 24. Wow, that is neat. That's a fun little uh, factoid. Uh, for me, I think that 40-second clock is a little... It's, it's fun. But I think that 10-second timer is just kind of just obnoxious. I wish that it, it, it was 20 seconds. I wish you just gave the contestants the full 20 seconds... And then you went 20 seconds at the second half. Um, but there was like a button. Because I hate, what I hate most about the, the new uh, Time is Money is that, that push the button to hear if you're right or wrong to stop the clock. I'd rather wish there was like a buzzer somewhere on the set. Um, also, the, the, the little display items of where the items are, they look like a little trash bin because they're metallic. But I like the little timer. I love how big and elaborate the set is. And the fact that there's like a money timer ticking down, I love that as well because it's uh, because it kind of reminds me of like Million Dollar Money Drop or uh, Five Minutes to a Fortune. And we don't really have those in America, the dwindling money timer. But uh, I'm glad that, there, that there's like a good cash game. 20000 is a lot of money for a grocery item that's not just grand game. Uh, it's like a grand game race game thing, and I enjoy it. And I and this version, this new cash version, is way way better than the here's the price thing because one better displays, two a better urgency, and three uh, just just the fun grocery items. The only thing I don't like about this game as well is that the when they have to display the products, they have to run around with the products, and sometimes they drop them. I wish it was like a way to make it easier for the contestants to run around with something. Rather, it's like little like like pegs and the color coordination, and it says the items. Or if there was like just photos of select items, something they'll make it easier. But I guess products make it funnier because it looks like they're running around in a supermarket. So yeah, that's about it. Anyway, Time is Money is one of my favorite cash games on The Price is Right, especially nowadays, and I'm glad it's there. Uh, I just, you know, some things need to be tinkered with, but you know what? I like watching it, especially when you need that one grocery plus cash game. Next time on The Price and Game Spotlight, we are coming. Should rephrase that. I'm coming. Wait. It's coming or coming or going. Happy 100 episodes, game shows, I suppose. I'm so happy to be here. Hi, this is the wonder of episode game shows, I suppose. And I had so many ideas and plans and I want to get a big guest, but hey, you know, it's been two years and no one likes you, so whatever. Uh, so I decided because this is near the end of our game show journey, uh, I wanted to make the 100th episode most special episode, um, mostly because 
as we go through every game show from the entire history of game shows, we, we cover everything from body language earlier. We've covered, uh, we've, we, we covered hot streak. <laughs> we covered three on a match. I mean, there's some game shows I wish we had time for like, what's my line or to tell the truth. But I wanted to make these last episodes mean something. I want them to be like, if I wanted to stop the game show podcast on a high note, it needs to be with like the all-time greatest game shows. And it has to come from the heart. I'm not really going to do any research in any of these episodes. I'm recording them all in bulk and just saying bye. Because it's not that I want to be done with this forever. I just feel like no one's going to be listening to this and it just it just makes me heartbroken. So this 100th episode I'm just going to, you know, just celebrate eating some candy and talk about one of my favorite game shows of all time. We've talked about a lot of game shows from the past that I would love. Like for instance, we did Press Your Luck. If Deal or No Deal, which is today's episode did not exist, Press Your Luck would probably be my favorite game show. It's always a debate, though, because Deal or No Deal ended last year uh, when they got rebooted, and they had Press Your Luck competing at the same time. To me, that was, at one point, the most stressful game show moment of my life because, to me, as a game show fan, those are my two favorite game shows. Press Your Luck is my childhood game show growing up, and then Deal or No Deal was there when I needed it the most, and it kind of beat press your luck so it was like i had to double bill and watch both these shows and it's kind of like i did not want to see them fight (laughs) i want to see them both succeed um but one was on a national network abc and the other one got pushed over to cnbc the stock network channel so it's kind of like well uh do I really want to pair it up with Marcus Lemonis's The Prophet in Shark Tank repeats? I, I I don't know. Because this show is NBC to me. This is the NBC game show. This was what put NBC more on the map than any of their other game shows. That's right. I'm saying this is the NBC game show. Nothing else. This show to me means more than any Price is Right episode with... with Bill Cullen. This means more than than any panel game show that they've ever had. This means more than 21, which caused the game show scandals. This, Deal or No Deal, means more than Fear Factor, which they also had. This means more than 1 versus 100, our first episode. Deal or No Deal is a perfect game show. And I know what you're saying. Deal or no deal, that show, that's Jordan's favorite game show, he could have picked anything. He could have picked Double Dare. He could have picked uh, He could have picked Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy. And look, I'm not going to say like those shows suck and are terrible because to me, every one of these game shows tells a story. Every one of these game shows has significance in one aspect, and it's why I appreciate it so much. To me, Deal or No Deal is just a game show broken down and its absolute bare minimum core. Yes, if you just want to look at it in a boring aspect, 
it's a guy calling out numbers and then saying deal or no deal. That's it. Just 5, 19, 12, 22, 6, 3. And then it's just stretched out for an hour or 30 minutes or whatever long the episode needs to be uh, as they have these tension moments with the deal or no deal. Uh, And people go like, well, that's the show. That's so boring. Like, that's it. But to me, if, if you just look at it as that, yes. Yes, it would be boring because you're really just basically playing like guess the card. In that case, that's that's just card sharks or uh, which box, which is the big deal of the day one, two or three. You're playing. Let's make a deal. But this show has fun stakes involved. And I'm not just saying like NBC's version with Howie Mandel and USA. I want to just start there. I think almost every version I have seen with this show, I have enjoyed Rather, it has been here, United Kingdom, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Australia, Ireland, Italy, uh, it, the, the original Netherlands version. Every one of these versions of Deal or No Deal work. Because even if you don't understand the language, the whole concept of you can win a life-changing amount of money, and we mean like this is like who wants to be a millionaire big money game show kind of amounts of money, but it requires turning down also life-changing amounts of money, money that you know could help you out so much. That's what makes the show work. Uh, if you want to go into the radical leftist uh, perspective of Deal or No Deal, the game show is Man versus Studio. But instead of most Man versus Studio game shows where you're up against like a qu- a question stack of 15 or a mob or like different games of skill like Minute to Win It with with this show with with Deal or No Deal you're going up against one person and that's the executive producer of the show. And they're called the banker. <laughs> so you're up against literally the bank <laughs> in this show uh, to try and break them into winning life-changing amounts of money. And on, in hindsight, like you could just call six numbers, get the first offer, say deal, and call it a day. But the, the game is very smart in, in the way of Howie Mandel's hosting ability and a lot of hosts in their ability to present the game. Um, so, Deal or No Deal is the quintessential game show because if you don't want to go into that radical leftist thing, you're you're up against capitalism, basically. You are up against capitalism to win money. Uh, in an alternate perspective of the show, I like to think of this the way the United States version has presented the show. This is a negotiation-based game show, a negotiation-themed game show. Look at the set. Look at the set for Deal or No Deal. The set is a staircase filled with models, 26 ladies holding 26 different increments of money. No one knows what amount is in which case. It was put there by an independent adjudicator before the show even aired. So Howie Mandel doesn't know. The models don't know. The producers don't know. The audience doesn't know, and neither does the contestant. 
Or maybe they might. Because if they pick the correct case, the one case containing the million dollars, they can take it home. There's one person, though, who does not want to see them take it. The banker. And throughout the game, they want to buy back the case. So, in this negotiation-themed game show, and I'm going to tell the narrative of what Deal or No Deal is. This is a negotiation game show where a banker, quote-unquote, left a briefcase. He does not know what is in the briefcase, or she, if we're talking CNBC's version, but it's he for NBC's run. He doesn't know what briefcase he left to the contestant, and he wants to buy it back. He, it's kind of like, I, I want my briefcase back. This is mine. Give it back. I'll give you $1,000 for it. I'll give you $3,000. I'll give you $5,000. Um, but instead of just that, here's give me back, it's a game similar to Guess Who?, Instead of guess who, where does your person have a beard? Does your person have blonde hair? Uh, it is instead, we open up the remaining cases one at a time. Because the process of elimination, similar to Clue, deductive reasoning, whatever's in those remaining cases will not, by process of elimination, be inside your case. Which makes this game even more stressful. Because when you start the game, you see 26 amounts, and they go from the very lowest to the very high. Fun thing is, I memorized the 26 amounts. Why? It's me. What, what else do you think? What do you think I do for a living? I'm dealer. No I, look, this is dealer no deal U.S. Like, if I remember correctly, the the U.S. structure is for the original American format. the The lowest amount is one penny. Then it goes $1, 5, $10, $25, $50, $75, $100, $200, $300, $400, $500, $750. That's on the left side. Those are all little amounts because they're less than a 1000 bucks. It's not a 1000 We go to the right side. $1,000, $5,000, $10,000, $15,000, $20,000, $25,000, $30,000, $40,000, $50,000, $60,000, $70,000, $80,000, $90,000, $100,000, $200,000, $300,000, $400,000, $500,000, $600,000, $700,
and that in and that's the major conflict in the show this isn't like let's make a deal where monty knows what's behind the curtain this isn't like uh the negotiator which is this polish game show where the main negotiator knows what's in the envelopes this is a game show where you are up against somebody who also doesn't know as much as you do but they want it back desperately so then you're getting a phone call from and that's what makes the show into a negotiation because once you open up the cases in this beautiful set where there's staircase there's ladies there's there's a banker tower uh, which looks like a banker office featuring uh, security cameras looking at your every move because they want to track you and read your mind and try and play into your 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 worries and in and dark secrets but really it's just the executive producer trying to see what will make compelling television let's face it it's a tv show i'm not going to try and overtly give a fake narrative to the show the set is a skyline a city skyline buildings high rises and because the contestant is elevated and then there's a little audience tower on the side uh it's trying to give off that you're on a rooftop the deal or no deal storyline is a basically a rooftop negotiation between a banker and you for up to $1 million. Howie Mandel is that middleman between you and the banker. Why? I don't know. <laughs> it looks cool. Like he, You have to have someone that's quasi-detective-ish, but also on your side, but also willing to be like the mean guy who has to say the unfortunate like mean comments, which works for Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel's stand-up comedy, if you've never seen Howie Mandel before America's Got Talent, uh, or Hidden Howie, when he tried to do Hidden Camera bits on, on NBC and Jay Leno, before even Bobby's World, before even Bobby's World, you know, before he did that voice, uh, he, he was stand-up, and he was this eccentric guy that had prop comedy and would just heckle people in the front row and try to annoy them, and that was the comedy. This is basically his – this is perfect for any comedian. If your whole like comedy is how can I just get a rise out of people, deal or no deal hosting is your perfect career because – you have a phone in your ear. It's the producer, and they're saying, all right, here's what I want you to tell them. Do, 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 do a little snarky joke. And also, it's $27,000. Howie will then deliver his joke, but he's not going to say the offer because, you know, that's what you're really caring for. Like, what's the offer going to be like? What is it really good? What is it? And Howie can just, like, pull that string and stretch it out and just make you get so desperate to hear the offer and then do the i'll tell you the offer when we come back typically an episode of deal or no deal takes anywhere between three hours and six hours to produce a game that normally would take about 10 minutes roughly knowing how long i calculate the game about 10 minutes to play uh it takes about three to six hours why does it take three to six hours, you might ask? Well, mostly because the mostly because of a lot of issues in production. <laughs> uh, but because the mainline thing is the spotlight when they have to shine it on the on the model because they want to have that dramatic effect. When they do a deal or no deal decision, 
They want to stretch that out. Why? Because they really want you to consider making the decision. Because if I just said, look, you have a one in four chance at a million dollars, and the offer is $150,000 right now to walk away, $150,000 is a life-changing amount of money. But I just said you have a one in four chance at a million bucks. So your immediate instinct is, no deal, I could still be a millionaire. No deal. But Howie and the producers know, no, 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 don't go that route. We have to stretch this. This is $150,000. So you're going to hear every question in the book. What would $150,000 mean to you? What would it mean to the wife? What would it mean to your kid? Would you really be willing to walk away from $150,000 just for a chance, a one in four chance at a million dollars? Because if you knock out the million, you only have to win up one case. If you knock out the million, the most you can walk away with is $25,000. Are you sure you want to take that gamble? You have a one in four shot at a million bucks, but if you say no deal and you open up the million, $25,000 is all you can win. Do you want to take that decision? Do you want to gamble? Think about it. $150,000 is life-changing. That is your salary for the last seven years. You deserve it. You're a great person. $150,000. Do you want to take it or do you want the million? Because of all those aspects, because we're now putting emotional interest over the money, that's when the show becomes suddenly, oh, this is actually another type of game show. Because as you see spotlights, as you see a Sinister Red set, you see a spotlight on Howie and a spotlight on the contestant. Now, normally when they do a game show spotlight, it's to add tension, drama, and, and try to make you feel like scared. That's the mood. You're supposed to panic. You really are supposed to panic watching the show. They want that to happen because, of course, you would panic. This is life-changing amounts of money. For the narrative, once again, we're talking the narrative of Deal or No Deal, the banker negotiation on the high-rise, the spotlight kind of simulates that of a helicopter. you got to remember, this is basically like falling down the game show. Uh, this is the, can you please come down? Please, sir. We will give you $30,000 if you just walk away right now. Please, sir, stop. Give us the briefcase and everything will be fine. Sir, we'll give you $50,000 now. That's kind of the dealer no deal narrative. Uh, and it's all about numbers and statistics too, because then you play the odds. Then you play the gambling aspect. And what makes Dealer No Deal work so much, at least to me, is the framing of the cases. There's 26 at the start of the show. And you pick one. I mean, there are 25 left. Of the 26 cases, round one, you open up six cases. Just six. And then after those six in round one, you get an offer. Round two, five cases. Leaving you with... 15. Good quick math there. Then we go to four. When we get to four cases in round three, after the first three rounds, we're left with 11 cases. Normally, when we get to 11, 11 is somehow a magic number on deal or no deal, both in the UK, the US, whatever version you can think of. When it gets to 11 is when the game suddenly twists into the new dimension of the game. When it gets to 11 is when the game becomes more dramatic because you've already wiped out more than half the board. You now see what amounts are in play pretty much, 
and now the offers are starting to be a little bit more serious or they're a little bit more wonky. This is usually around round four and five, which has become the uh, the epitome of, of the game show fandom and a lot of people who turned off Deal or No Deal. When they do the gimmick offer, people always go like, I, I hate it when they give away the pony in the car. Like, like that's not good. Uh, that's stupid. And it's like, yes, in, in many regards, that is pretty dumb. I, I will agree. But when it was done correctly, which was in the CNBC run, those prize offers became perfect tools to tell a story about the contestant. Because if you were just focused on the gameplay up to now, you would think this is the most boring-ass game show out there. But because the casting team was able to create great, compelling characters, like this is the person who is a teacher, has four kids, all of them are now ready to go to college, but has never been able to go to New York, for instance, or had dreams once of, of being in Broadway, or, or or has always wanted to have a retirement party for their mom. This is when, after like the, after there's 11 cases left, when the producers flip the switch and make the game special to the contestants. So that's when, here's your offer. It's the car you wanted. Oh, it's the trip to New York you wanted. Oh, this is a party for fun. Basically, like the Press Your Luck prizes. I, I love those new prizes in the bonus game for Press Your Luck because it, it actually adds character to the show because up to now, you just see them as like random contestants who are just saying, Big Bucks, No Amy, stop. When it gets to that final round, that big bonus round, when they have prizes, now you're like, oh, I mean, I'm rooting for them because they're playing for someone that they love. That's kind of what they're doing on Deal or No Deal. They're now tugging at you, and they're now actually making you really consider taking deals because now they're playing into your interests. How far are you willing to go to win $1 million? You say if you won a million bucks, you would buy a brand new car. This car, we're giving you that car. Would you like the keys to that car? And look in the trunk, $25,000. You have key, you have the keys to a car and $25,000. That's what you wanted. We gave you the car. Here's cash with the car. What do you want to do? Do you want to walk away from $80,000 worth of cash and prizes just to open up another three cases? Just three are what we're asking for after this round because we're at 11 cases, mind you. Remember, we're at round four if you say no deal. So usually around three is when we get to the sincere offers and you want to consider this or, hey, you wanted to be a golfer. Here's a famous golfer. We'll give you lessons. Hey, you, you love this one NFL team. Here's season tickets plus this. When it gets to that, that is when the game becomes really serious. And this is when the contestants really do consider what do I do? Usually after round two, they bring the friends and family on stage uh, just so they can figure it out on their own if you want to deal or no deal. But also, also, I should point this out. The reason they bring the friends and family on a game show is because, uh, multiple reasons, by the way, for the world of production. The reason they bring friends and family on board is A, to add more narrative to the contestants' backstory. So here's so-and-so. They are a firefighter from Boston. 
Uh, they've been working for 20 years, uh, and that's their grandfather who is like 80. That's the wife who's a who's a middle school teacher, and that's the brother who's also a firefighter at the same uh, station as he is. So now when you have the brother, hey, I told you, remember the one time when we played the game online? And it's the wife, I don't know, college is expensive, there's a lot of money. You're now getting like perspectives on what the money means to those people when it when it's going to cloud their mind even more and make the decision point even more uh, even more of a challenge. This is also similar to, and I will point this out because I, I also like comic books. Uh, Batman and Robin. The cre- everyone should know by now. I'm a big fan of of Dick Grayson, Nightwing. But I also know the history of the character. When Robin was first created, yeah, it's basically a Sherlock Holmes and Watson type. Why did they need a Watson? Because they wanted Batman to have somebody to talk to, to talk out their strategy, to talk out the detective skills, instead of just doing the thought bubble. So the purpose of Robin was, one, to bring in the kids, but two, to also have somebody to talk to when they were on the detective cases. So... Just like in Batman and Robin comics of Robin, the friends and family on the couch talking to them is supposed to help the contestant be at ease enough to talk out to them. Because most of the time when you see any of these game shows, doesn't matter if it's Millionaire, doesn't matter if it's already smarter than a fifth grader, doesn't matter if it's The Price is Right, they want you to talk out what you think. This is a common thing in game shows. You have to talk out every word of what you're saying. And it's tough because usually when you talk out loud, you say really dumb stuff. And on Deal or No Deal, oh my God, some of them say some really stupid stuff. But that's the case of most game shows. So when you are being presented with, here's $60,000, you can open up three cases right now. Suddenly their thought is, well, two of the case two of those cases are more than four hundred thousand dollars. There's four hundred thousand and there's seven fifty. That's a lot of money. Sixty thousand dollars could do a lot, but look at those cases. Like I have a good feeling I could probably open these up. I'm pretty sure my case has seven fifty. It it ha it can't, it, ha, it can't be anything else. It has to be seven fifty. That's what causes the game to be all emotional and that's why the show works for so many people because now you're putting your perspective now you're putting yourself in the scene you're putting yourself in that aspirational zone of what if you were in that chair what if you were presented with this life-changing offer would you walk away from a potential 750 for just sixty thousand dollars or would you take the risk and open up three cases knowing if you knock out low amounts the next offer will definitely go up a lot. If you knock out the bigger numbers, it's going to crash and burn, and you're not going to see that much offered because what's in it for the banker to offer $60,000 anymore? Knowing at most they might get $50,000. So there's a lot of to weigh in on, on each of these decisions. Once we get through 11, the next round, like I said, round four, is you open up three. When you get to three, that means you're at eight cases left in the game. Eight is also a magic number in the world of deal or no deal because when you get to eight, that is when all the, I call it the statistics numbers free for all extravaganza. 
because either Howie Mandel or one of the contestants or one of the people on in, in the support group will always throw every statistic imaginable because it's eight. So Howie will say, Six of the cases are less than $50,000, and this is three times that. This is $150,000. Or you're going to hear the contestant say, I have a one in eight shot at a million dollars. One in eight, that's great odds. Uh, if you open up two, that means that you, the odds are in your favor, and you can open up this. There's four on the left side and three on the left. I mean, I could go for them. And they just throw all the numbers. They really now, when it gets to eight box, that's when all the statistics are blowing out. So you're gonna see lo- like little chirons on the on the bottom lower third say like, "There's a one in four chance Jordan contains has a case more than four hundred thousand uh, dollars," or "There's a chance uh, Jordan's case con- has a three of eight chance Jordan's case contains two hundred dollars or less." Or fewer, I guess it would be one of those grammar people. Um, where when it gets to the, the, we're getting near the end of the game. When it's eight, the numbers stress out, and this is usually when the banker pivots. Uh, typically, the rule of thumb when it came to a lot of awful, and I don't mean terrible, dealer no deal contestants. These are the ones I hate the most on the show. Is when it gets to eight box. This is when they expect six-figure offers. Like, that's the win on the show, is if I get 100000 I win the show. No, you don't win Deal or No Deal by getting $100,000. You win Deal or No Deal by getting the most money possible out of your game, just like how the banker's goal is to get as little as possible out of your game. So if you want to win, you really just have to beat the banker. If you think your case has low numbers... Make a deal for as much out of your game. When you get the most, you walk away. If you think you actually have the big money, $750, a million, $500,000, that's your cue to just keep going because odds are the banker will never offer $600,000, $500,000, $400,000 unless he thinks you can, he can sell it and he thinks he has, you have a million bucks. And it takes a lot of like confidence. And for a producer, they can kind of read people very well. When they're stressing out over $150,000, they're not really going to pressure you into going for $600,000. But they know if they can pressure you just enough to walk away, it works. So when it gets to 8-box or 8-case, you open up 2. 2 of the 8. So you're getting rid of a quarter of those eight boxes. Eight becomes six. When we get to our final six, in the UK version, which we'll get really near the end right now, when it gets to six is when the dimension changes to the final half. This is because it's three stages. We, we go from the 26 to 11, 11, 8, to when we're down to six when we're down to those six cases every case means more than the last every case is a big swing in the offers every case really could be life or death to the contestants game because at this point there's only six of the 26 left in play you've already dismantled 20 cases so we now know there's a penny left. There's $500 left. 25, 75, 300,000 and the million bucks. 
The offer is $220,000 or one case to open. What do you do? That is when the game becomes now very stressful. And this is usually when Howie Mandel or any of the hosts go, one case. Just one case to open. One case is all that's standing between you and a bigger offer. If you want the million, you have to turn down every offer. Is now the time to leave. If you knock out the million, the most you can win is this much money. Is this a good enough safety net for you? Because when you're down to six cases, just six, six cases, that's all. The game becomes the home stretch. The home stretch game where there's going to be five final offers in the game. When it gets down to six, that's usually when the game gets stretched out for time because there's a million dollars or 750 in play, or the game gets very fast-paced because you, you bonk the game, and now the most you can get is like 100 grand. So let's just keep playing out for $100,000. Uh, so what would you like to do? Would you like to open up, uh, one box? Which one, which case you want? 12. Okay. Open the case. And it just speeds up. That's six. You get a call from the banker. Five. Another call from the banker. Another offer. Four cases left in the game. One in four shot at a million dollars. Call from the banker. One in three shot at $1 million. Another call from the banker. There are three cases left in play. Do you want to walk away from $300,000? Do you want to or you want to go on and open up one case? Because that one case becomes the center point. It becomes the focus in that entire act of the show. You turn down $285,000 for one case. You said no you refuse $285,000 for one in three shot at a million dollars. You're opening up case 21. Case 21 needs to be anything but $1 million. If case 21 is a million bucks, the most you can win is $100,000. We want it, though, to be the $750,000. If it's the $750, you guarantee yourself $100,000. Open the case, and then there's your dramatic tension. They open the case, and whatever unfolds, unfolds. You're down to two cases. Final offer. This is the banker's last chance to get something from you. If you want it, you can take it. Sometimes it's an even 50-50. Sometimes it's about 55. Other times, 40%. It's up to the banker and how much they read into the contestant on how much they really care about walking away. Uh, usually the gutsy players, they don't care. They'll throw like a low offer. When it's someone they know means something, even or higher, because that makes it even more stressful. It also depends on what the two amounts are also. Uh, so when we get to that final decision, do you want to walk away? from this much or we open up your case because this is there's only two cases left in the game do you want to take your case home or do you want this amount of money deal or no deal that's the final centerpiece of the show on a dream board you begin the top two amounts 750 and a million bucks expect howie or or any host to be like the offer is eight hundred fifty thousand dollars eight hundred eighty thousand deal or no deal it could be the 
disastrous final two. A penny and a dollar. And the banker's offering you 35 cents. Deal or no deal. Or it could be what many called the crazy finish. The crazy finish is the penny, the lowest amount on the board and the highest amount on the board, $1 million. Because that is the all or nothing scenario that everyone would dread. You know the big amounts in play, but the lowest, the least amount of money can take home, which is a penny, is also on the table. What do you do? That's also what makes a decision point in the show. If you refuse the last offer, one final decision's on the table. Do you keep your case or do you switch it for the last remaining case? This is the Monty Hall a dilemma put into its umpteenth area. But unlike the Monty Hall dilemma, the host doesn't know. So if you switch, of course, the, the mathematical uh, decision is you should always switch when you're presented with the option to switch because in the original decision, a deal or no deal, you had a 1 in 26 ch chance at a million bucks. But by switching, it's pretty much like you got 25 out of 26 of the cases. Uh, so there, I did your math formula for you, 25 out of 26. Um, <clears throat> that's what makes the game exciting. Then we, we have the reveal. Now, at some point during the game, maybe the contestant decided to deal and say, I'm walking away, I'm good. We don't stop there. We're going to keep opening up the case to see what would have happened. Why? Stretch for time. Also, you never know what to expect. What makes the game work in this regard is basically... The, oh man, if I just didn't deal like now, I would have had 180,000, 200,000, some, some, some thousand. Or, oh, thank God, I knocked out the million. And then Howie reveals you made a great deal. You sold a $10 case for $150,000. Great. Because that's the object of deal or no deal. It's to make a great deal. What's a great deal? Selling a low case. For big money. It's not selling a big case, like a million dollars, for the big money. Or having that mutual agreement of getting like 40 grand. No, it's about getting the most out of your game. And that's also what makes the show appealing. Deal or no deal works when it is structured in a way where you feel for the contestant. You can tell a story and you make every case matter. And it can be fit in a fucking hour. I, I swear to God, I, I, that's the biggest gripe I have dealing with. Even though it's my favorite game show, they have to do the we'll open your case next time right here on Deal or No Deal. And then how he does like the salute, pretend snake, wave goodbye thing. I dislike that. Deal or No Deal also follows a lot of uh, unfortunate parts that came with NBC at the time. I'm not blaming the production house for this. I'm blaming NBC for this. Even though it's it's an endemol show and endemol is fear factor, when NBC got a hold of the show originally, oh god, how many of the gimmicks that I saw in Fear Factor showed up on that show? Now, when they pitched the show, I'll, I'll get to that in later. 
But like when they gimmicked the show up, they had things like here's Donald Trump being the guest banker or guest like consultant for you. Like before he was present, he was the apprentice guy. Why? So we can plug the apprentice. Oh, here's George W. Bush on the screen wishing the contestant a good luck. And then doing a joke about how he wants a $3.2 trillion deal or no deal to pay off the national debt. <laughs> uh, or let's do million dollar mission where we'll add a million dollar case to the board every time the case, no one wins a million dollars because no one's won a million on deal or no deal and we're getting anxious. Or let's make it a $3 million deal or no deal. Or it's a double deal week where all the values are double. So it's $2 million all the way to two cents. Wow, fascinating stuff there. And when you start adding like a lot of like, here's the twins episode. Here's Miss Teen USA guest episode. Like that's when the show basically met its downfall. And I think deal or no deal works on a few reasons one it has to be like millionaire it has to be event television and i will get to that in just a quick second and two deal or no deal works when you have great contestants to root for now let's get to the history of united states deal or no deal what made deal or no deal work in its original run was it aired right around december of 2000 i believe 6 2006 or 2004 and they only had five episodes just five and they stripped it monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday five night event deal or no deal this is at a time when nbc didn't really have a game show uh the voice wasn't on the air must see tv was gone they're all they were putting their money on was the office and and my name is earl (laughs) Like, there wasn't really much shows on NBC. Uh, Chuck, I think Chuck was maybe on the air. Um, So, NBC was kind of in a pseudo-desperate move to have a big show because a lot of networks were, were starting to pick up on big reality shows. And originally, ABC, not NBC, not the Peacock Channel, ABC, America's Broadcasting Company, had uh, a pilot for Deal or No Deal. What happened was they had the uh, Netherlands episode of Billy Nyok, um, and it became Deal or No Deal. And in the Netherlands version, you had 26 contestants, and they would do a quiz. It's a quiz show, and it would be whittling down the contestants until one was left standing, or two, and they had to make a temptation of like $20,000 to walk away from the game um, to decide who goes on to play Deal or No Deal. The Deal or No Deal was the bonus round of this quiz show. And I believe it was on the National Lottery in some cases. I, I don't know fully off the top of my head. This is why it's like, man, I'm screwing this up and barking it. So when Deal or No Deal was pitched to ABC, it was a little different. And by little, I mean very different. It had a different theme song. It was more ska jazzy. I saw the pilot once, by the way. Uh, this was this is not common knowledge. I remember watching that. 
I, there's some aspects I wish was in the NBC run. Uh, for instance, the models all wore wigs. It was kind of silly. Uh, they did dance sequence, and they were all standing on a platform. It wasn't on the staircase. But they wanted to do a staircase because I believe Scott St. John wanted the call for that because he saw the movie Patton and he thought that's patriotic to have the ladies walk down like military and just with the suitcases. It makes it look grandiose versus ABC where the ladies did a dance holding the suitcases. And the mounts on the ABC pilot were five cents, a nickel to two and a half million dollars. Not a million, two and a half million. Why two and a half million? Because I think that was the amount of money they wanted because of the original Netherlands edition. They wanted to just do a pound for pound mick for it. And also, to segue back to, because the second biggest value was $1 million. So therefore, you now have a guarantee million dollars in a 50-50 gamble. And because it's two and a half million dollars, there's your pull to watch deal or no deal because this is the biggest amount of money we're giving away. ABC, who had millionaires doing deal or no deal, and this is ABC. And in the mid 2000s, ABC fucking blew it. They sucked when it came to game shows. They had Bachelor Nation shows, and then they attempted just about anything they could try and stick to a wall and it flopped wanna bet was a game show and it flopped and i why that was a perfect game show uh you have celebrities gambling money on on challenges oh okay so it, it had that anton deck were the presenters on that you had my kind of town my kind of town was like a variety show similar to Don't Forget Your Toothbrush, but involved flying a lot of people from a small town in America to a New York studio to play a game show where the grand prize was like a big like $6,000 prize for everybody in the town, in the audience. You had a National Bingo Night. You had American Inventor. American Inventor, which became Shark Tank, but they didn't want to do Dragon's Den. They just wanted to do Inventing. I don't don't know. I really don't. And they made the biggest regret in the history of game shows. They turned down Deal or No Deal after the pilot. This is a heartbreaking moment because this game show, which was apparently fantastic, and because it's the pilot, they had like a talking banker. It was like, the bank is offering you $45,000. And they had a banker lady open a briefcase and show physically $45,000. To me, that's the aspect they should have kept in the American version is just had like a banker lady walk out with physical money because once you see physical money on the table, that adds to the temptation because you see physical money and you're not seeing just a little text that says 32,000, 25, like you don't want that. Instead of a digital readout of Euro bold saying $42,000, here's $42,000 in cash. Wow, that makes it a lot harder to say no to because you're seeing what that money actually looks like. And you're only looking at a digital reception of a million bucks. That works. It, it's fantastic. In addition to that, uh, when ABC turned it down, it was kind of like, oh, no, that's a regret. But NBC at the time, they really didn't have any major shows going for it either. You got to remember in the mid 2000s, like we're near the late 2000s, 
game shows were kind of at a dry well. There wasn't a primetime game show. Millionaire ended. It's a syndicated show. If you're going to see something, it's a reality show still. It's a singing show. It's a dancing show. It's not going to be a quiz show. We don't want to do a quiz show. We don't want to do a physical challenge game show unless it's Big Brother or a Big Brother wannabe show. Uh, we're doing dating shows. Everything has to be a dating show. Can you do a dating show? Can you average Joe? Can you do Joe Millionaire? Can you do I Want to Marry Harry? Uh, can you do uh, the, 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 can you do For Love or Money? But For Deal or No Deal, it just kind of was just sitting there. However, it got buzz. It got buzz internationally. Why? Because they gave away 5 million euros. The biggest cash prize in game show history. That was the buzz. The National Lottery, $5 million. They also, also, were competing against things like Schlagden Rob, which gave away $3.5 million at the time. So you're looking at big money game shows and really big money. ABC turned it down. CBS said no. Fox thought it was the dumbest game show out there. NBC had really nothing to lose. So they said, yeah, okay. And they actually gave it an episode pickup. Problem was, the hosts couldn't make it. They were kind of running low on ideas for hosts. Howie Mandel at the time uh, kind of lost everything. He, he kind of became depressed. He kind of wanted to quit comedy. He didn't really want to do much. He was thinking of just going into real estate. No one knew who the fuck Howie Mandel was. They were kind of like... Oh, Howie Mandel. Yeah, I remember Bobby's role, but other than that, what's what's going on with him? That's not doing much. And he lost his hitting camera show over over on the NBC. That it's like, uh, so if you don't have your co- comedy show and you don't have stand up comedy, and you're kind of getting razzled out of doing anything, you get a call from a guy saying, "Hey, would you like to host a game show, Howie?" Who's a comedian goes a game show? I'm not a game show host. Game when I I'm not Alex Trebek. No, bye. And hung up on the guy. Got a second call from the guy. Hi, uh, just just let's go. Let's just go over to. Let's go down to the deli. And the deli, of course, is the iconic Jerry's Deli over. I think in Woodland Hills was the one they went to. Uh, Jerry's Deli, famous for if you ever seen Man on the Moon. That was the the deli that Andy Coffin works at, especially during the peak of his career, because he never wanted to ever lose track of where he was at the beginning. Uh, so they went to Jerry's Deli, and the host brought a mock-up of Deal or No Deal. And in this Deal or No Deal game, which was basically a loose structure of the game he made as a in the backyard of his house in the Netherlands, made with little matchsticks with little amounts of money, he did it with open slips of paper and they had 20 different amounts of money and it was basically just here pick this and they played a mock version of deal or no deal on the table at jerry's deli how he played the game and was in, was thrilled with it and said okay i could see the i could see the appeal for this i'm in but i don't know if it's going to work uh when are we shooting this tomorrow and he got stunned because he thought this was like a rib but yeah, there was the set already built at NBC Studios in Burbank, and they got Deal or No Deal. Deal or No Deal set was built, they got the contestants, and no one knew what to expect. 
Howie Mandel was starting the show basically being Howie Mandel the comedian. Hi, this is fun. And the contestant, which I forgot, I think it's the Van, the Van family was the first ever Deal or No Deal contestants. In that one episode, the very first pilot episode of Deal or No Deal, where there's a very dark looking banker, very dark lighting, but they really tried to go for the hostage negotiation look. Uh, they, Howie immediately, after like round two, suddenly realized, wait a minute, I know we're playing with money here, but I'm seeing a contestant be very stressed out about just throwing away $50,000. And he, he, his entire worldview, I think, changed that one tape day. Because it wasn't like a greed thing. This was a, oh man, I really hope they didn't screw this up. Oh dear. And it worked because Howie Mandel was able to use that for his advantage. And that's why I think when you see a lot of more modern Howie Mandel comedy... Howie plays up more of of like a of a calm person. Now he's more calm, but then he jokes, and then he tells a joke, and it's like I think that's because of his deal or no deal attitude. He went from Howie Mandel here, wow, can't believe you're here, wow, this is funny, fifty thousand dollars, to oh geez, fifty thousand dollars. I don't, oh no, oh geez, I just knocked out the million bucks. Oh geez, oh, and it worked. NBC picked it up for five days. Over in December, Howie Mandel recorded those episodes and thought, this show sucks. This is going to be the worst show ever. My career's over. I took it only because my wife told me to. I mean, the money's fine, but I'm just getting the fuck out of here. Bye. I'm going to Australia. Bye. See you soon. He left. He did not want to hear a single thing. There was no internet. He just wanted out of it. He said, I'm done. When he came back, literally like the week after, because the holiday season, Hanukkah is arriving. Howie, deal or no deal, love your show. And he's just saying like, what? His career impl- like exploded. It surged because of deal or no deal. People love the show. And because of the first episode in this weird introduction sequence, Deal or No Deal, a TV phenomenon sweeping the world. A record-breaking hit in over 35 countries, Australia, Europe, Asia, and South America. Nearly a quarter of a billion dollars in prizes. Tonight, this game show sensation comes to the U.S. One million dollars can be won or lost with a single decision. Go big or go home. Go for it, baby! Deal or no deal, the biggest decision on television starts now. I am standing here inside a high security vault, surrounded by 26 cases holding millions of dollars. One of these cases holds a cool $1 million. Tonight, we will give someone the chance to choose one of these cases and take home what's ever inside. Will it be $1 million or one penny? $1 million is a top prize. No crazy stunts, no trivia questions. All they have to do is be able to answer the most important question tonight. And that question is, deal or no deal? And Deal or No Deal became a success. People knew what to expect. Howie Mandel introducing the contestants. Ladies, 
please. The ladies walk down in 26 gorgeous outfits holding 26 different cases. And, you know, Meghan Markle was one of the dealer Nodio models. And that becomes like an ongoing thing. But also, not only that, Chrissy Teigen was at one point a dealer Nodio model. In fact, Claudia Jordan, one of the Price is Right models, was a dealer Nodio briefcase model. These models were very exciting. When the show got rebooted, because the show, of course, got too gimmicked and they decided to pull the plug, because, hey, maybe filming like 40 episodes and then just putting them whenever just kind of overkills the format, throwing it out there for NBC instead of making a special five-night event, four-night event, three-night event like Millionaire, which would have made the show last even longer because you're getting it so sparsely instead of just like, here it is, six nights a week, deal or no deal, you overkill the show it went into syndication and crashed and burned as well uh the the show kind of could have continued if it just maintained its sparsity but the show got revived on cnbc and when it aired there it was the best incarnation of deal or no deal it just happened to be on cnbc what made the show better First of all, the models were all mic'd. So therefore, now the models were able to speak and talk to the contestants. And because the 26 models all came from different backgrounds, almost one or two or three of them have some connection to either the person's occupation or their background or where they're from. It doesn't matter if you were from a small town in Ohio or you were a big city person from New York, someone there has the same backstory as you, grew up in that same background, and was rooting for you. Um, that it, it also worked. The banker was a lady. They had a lady banker, a better set, uh, and one lifeline in the form of a counteroffer. And the counteroffer was actually a very innovative idea in the U.S. deal or no deal because this put the, the flip to the show where at one point during the game, if you really are considering making a deal, you can flip the banker's offer. Like they're offering you $200,000. You can say, actually, I want a quarter million dollars. And that made the show very, very fascinating because now the producers have to make this the call of do we deal or no deal uh, on this decision. And that puts the game to an unbearable, amazing halt where sometimes you see great counter offers and get deals or offers get turned down because they want you to open up a few more and crash and burn. It's one of the best versions of deal or no deal. What I also like about the counter offer is then you can put some of the prizes that you saw in the beginning as a counter offer. So now when you hear one time deal and here's the car and, and you say no deal, now you can say, well, I counter. I want it to be the 150000 but can you throw in the car again? Deal or no deal? Deal. We'll give you the car, sure. And it works in that regard, too. And that's what makes the show work because of that counter ability. Uh, and I think that's why it, 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 the deal or no deal in the U.S. works. Uh, Australian version, which we will go with with, Pat, with O'Keefe, is one of the more eccentric versions. Now, in their version, they pull uh, one-sixth of the audience into the show, and one of the 26 randomly becomes the contestant, 
and they play originally it was for big money and they had a quiz format but then it just became random number lucky go round uh, <laughs> but what made their version work is the contestants were the briefcase models this time around and because the contestants were the briefcase holders they had a chance to win money too by predicting what amount was in the briefcase and i think that's always a fascinating look at people because obviously they're going to root for the lowest so when they vote for the lowest and it's right they got a few they got i think 500 australian dollars which is still like pretty good and their version deal or no deal was syndicated monday through friday with a two hundred thousand dollar prize uh which is okay i to me that that's kind of like that said low but one of the prizes was a car in that version uh, which is true to a lot of versions, such as Italian version, where they also had things like breath mints on the board uh, in their deductive reasoning, which made the show work. Uh, the Australian version had a fun soundtrack. It had a ka-ching uh, banker thing uh, and, a, and a weird heart-popping bump, 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 bump. But not only that, they offered a lot of twists in the game, such as double or nothing. And... Uh, the super case where we'll just give you the bigger case. What it's a one five shot at, at the two hundred thousand if you want to go for it. Things like that made the show even more tension based, and I think that version deal or no deal is a lot of fun as well, because you got to know a lot of of Australians in that regard. They still kept what made the show work. In the span of an hour, you get to know a contestant, and you're going through a journey with them as they open up cases. Sometimes. They're the unluckiest people, and they knock out all the big amounts, and they still have fun. And that's what made the show work. Uh, in addition, there's also gambles, where they could, at one point, just give back their offer to enter the game again, which I think is crazy. To me, that's the, the what I love about if you continue playing the game, what can happen. Where, oh, you dealt so early for 30000 Well, look... We now know that there's 50,000 and 100,000 still in play, but there's three amounts that are less than that. It's $100, $200, and $500. Would you like to give up your $33,000 to continue playing the game? To me, that's like a cool decision moment. That's the, oh, I regret, I wish I can continue playing. Do you? Because I'm giving you the option to tear up your deal and continue playing. That works. It works so great. And that's why I love the Australian version. I remember watching the Australian version of the show before watching the British version or the American Howie version just to get a better feel for what to expect. And yeah, this was like torrents. <laughs> but no, that's that was what made me enjoy Deal or No Deal for the first time was the Australian version. When it went to the UK version, Noel Edmonds was the presenter. Noel Edmonds' hosting ability is that of a very regal man. But then again, it's Noel Edmonds, whose lifetime was based on swapping. He, his big claim to fame was a kid's show called Swap Shop, where kids would call in willing to sell like their, their video games for a bike and say, would anyone like to trade some football cards for, for an action figure? That was his show. It was all about swapping and switching. And then in the 90s, it was... Similar to Howie Mandel, uh, let's crowd work the contestants in Noel's house party, where it's all about him just playing with celebrities and playing with audience members and making them just tense up sometimes to get a reaction out of them. 
So when he got Deal or No Deal, it's two of his game shows put together. It's the swapping. We're trading. You're trading your box for pounds. And it's that tension moment because he's talking to the banker and he's trying to explain what makes the show work. Like, we're giving you 3,000 pounds to walk away. And now we're opening up three. We need to make sure this is an all-blue round because in their version of the UK version, Deal or No Deal, it's not 26 cases, it's 22 boxes. A little less boxes, and their format is a little tweaked. Uh, instead of 654321111, it is five boxes in round one. Then they go three boxes at a time. So 22 becomes 17, 17 becomes 14, 14 becomes 11, 11 becomes eight. That's when they say eight box. And, when it's, and then that's where I, I kind of keep saying eight box because just like in the US version, when it gets to 11 and eight is when the game twists into the next dimension. When it gets from 11 to eight, that is, and we're in eight box, then the game goes to another dimension, eight to five. When it gets to the final five, that's the final round because three left makes it two. Your box and the last box, do you want to keep yours or do you want to take the final offer? By speeding up this process, it makes the game more dramatic, but also by playing the rule of threes, it makes it a roller coaster ride. You open the low box, yay! You open the middling box, that's good too. Oh, it's the big box, ooh. Or it flips, you open the big box, no, no! The very low box, yay! The, the lowest, like the penny, you did it, yeah! It makes the game into like different tones, which make the show work as well. The UK version of Deal or No Deal is not played like the US version with models. It's played like the Australian version, plus it makes a big brother. Because it's the Australian version where there's uh, the audience gets to play as the contestants. In this version, they're casted like the American version. So all 22 boxes are held by 22 contestants. One of those 22 is selected at random to play the show. In addition to that, uh, the 22, if they don't get picked, will carry on to the next episode, almost like a returning champion on a game show. On their board, it's anywhere from a quarter of a million pounds all the way to a penny. Now, it's weird because this is the who wants to be a millionaire uh, co uh, country. So a quarter of a million pounds is kind of low. But here's the thing to consider. They put it Monday through Friday. What did Deal or No Deal in in America was oversaturation of the Million Dollar Game Show. What they did there was they lessened the the prize money, but made it more about the contestants and getting to know their backstories throughout multiple episodes. That when you got to see one of your favorites play, you're glued to your seat, going like, "Oh, I want them to win." I heard they're they're a nurse, or I heard. They're a midwife, or I, I heard that they're they're a music teacher. In fact, Ollie Murs, musician Ollie Murs, was a contestant on Deal or No Deal in the UK and won five pounds. It was a really bad episode, but got a second chance in a celebrity episode and won ten pounds. Uh, so what I'm trying to say is it's a little tough because it's the five three 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 format. The odds aren't one case at a time which means that when you're seeing the final five and told you have to open up three boxes, the offers are very, very low. 
Like most of the time people will think it is 50-50 or one in five of the top value. Not on this one. In this one, the banker is reading you and it is still an executive producer. It was a former host of the mole, by the way, in the, in the UK. Uh, and you read the contestants in their story. Instead of sitting, standing up and there's the case, they're sitting on a wooden chair and there's a little table with a little rotary phone and there's like a little runway and it looks like a loft instead of what we see in Australia, which is like a big industrial pylon, almost like pyramid 2000s or US where it looks like a hostage negotiation uh, skyline. This version, it just looks like a loft apartment, like cash in the attic. And here's some boxes. And we don't know what's in the boxes. Let's have some fun here. Um, with a digital readout in a runway. And there's so much flavor text. Like if America was just ladies, please, one case at a time, one case is now the time. Uh, you need to be lucky, gutsy, have a great sense of timing. UK version had more flavor text than any other version of Deal or No Deal. You're taking the walk of left to sit in the crazy chair uh, in the dream factory. We want to see an all blue round. We have a power five. The power five, by the way, are the five highest values in the game because the expected thing is when you get to the final round of five, you keep your top five in play, which is a quarter million, 100,000, 75,000, 50,000, and 35,000 pounds, respectively. Uh, when they get to they, there's things like the west wing the east wing uh, there's deal buttons when they push it then they had like a bunch of weird like specials where because it was airing like pretty much round the clock almost like a wheel of fortune or jeopardy they had themed weeks so you had valentine's day you had halloween you had christmas you had uh, summer fun I think they, they kind of froze in the summer but it ended with like a summer beach party kind of theme. Uh, you had Banker's Birthday Week. You have this and this. And it's five nights a week. And this is like in the mid-afternoon. So you're watching around like 4 p.m. Like 4 p.m. Like right before school. Like when school somewhat ends for kids. Or when you're about to get off work. Here's Deal or No Deal for you. And here's a contestant who is a pastry chef and they, they they just want enough money for a car and here's twelve thousand pounds deal or no deal like that's the show it's a it's basically like the syndicated version of deal or no deal but done correctly <laughs> um noel edmonds basically tries to put quantum mechanics into a game show that where it's non-existent uh but does a spectacular job of adding tension when it's necessary uh, and makes every episode feel like this is the special episode dedicated to this person. They get to know their family. When the contestant is about to cry, because this is a tearjerker show, by the way. This is a human drama game show. They are given, like, here's 40,000 pounds. They're crying because they've never seen 40,000 in their life. And they're crying as it's like 40,000. That's a lot of money. But I don't know if I want to continue because a quarter million could still be in play. I got, because it's all randomized, I don't get to choose which box I get beforehand. It's all randomly selected. Fate gave me box 11. And number 11 means a lot out of me because uh, when I was 11, my parents died, something, something, something. And they're starting to be like, 
oh geez uh this is a little more intense <laughs> than i expected uh noel will continue making that feel like this is important so forty thousand for 11 and then he's going and then he can't say if he should deal or no deal but because that's the whole aspect of the show you're impartial you're the impartial pr- uh presenter and he almost has like an alex trebek quality to him in these episodes by the way um but he goes like well if it's forty thousand for box 11 do you think i know the banker has no recollection and had no reason it's box 11 and you you do think fate gave you box 11 do you think fate also gave you a quarter million today or do you think fate is what's giving you forty thousand dollars right now the same fate that gave you the box is also giving you 40 grand what would you do and that adds the attention to the game, which makes Deal or No Deal just such a fascinating show. When Deal or No Deal only lasted like four years in the United States with one revival year after that, and in Australia it lasted maybe five years with such an eccentric, fun presentation, Deal or No Deal lasted over a decade. To many, that was Channel 4 even more than Big Brother. And... When I think Channel 4 game shows, it's Big Brother, Countdown, and Deal or No Deal. Uh, so with Deal or No Deal uh, being a show, it had a few winners. And they didn't have to do a double deal gimmick like Deal or No Deal in America. Every million-dollar winner on Deal or No Deal in America was because of some gimmick, mostly the million-dollar missions. In the UK version, their big-money winner was because they were lucky and they said no deal to the big money and they went for it and that's what made them the winners uh and they even had their own terminology like the one p club these are the people who unfortunately leave with a penny from the show and there's like the hall of winners the confetti drop if you win the million you get the confetti and it adds a lot of suspense to the show. And that's why Deal or No Deal works in so many levels. Because even though it was a Monday through Friday show and you know what to expect, it was a roller coaster ride of a show. And it was a show where it really is unpredictable, even with less cases uh, to make the show work. When the, when the, the show is near its completion, they had one of the i hate to say it's like the worst gimmick but i felt that's what killed the show when they started adding a lot of gimmicks one was the banker decision if you predict the first round banker offer within 10 percent, you get a banker freeze button which means at any point during your game if you want an offer push the button and the banker must give you an offer which defeats the open up three aspect of the show it becomes now whenever you feel like you'll get an offer uh when sometimes you would get an offer in the final round when there's five boxes you open up one here's the banker calling or three here's the banker calling now you can push a button freeze the game and get an offer from the banker right then and there yeah another thing that people seem to enjoy but i really despised was box 23 box 23 was basically super case in australia done up to be a double or nothing gamble there are five options if you choose to buy box 23 one is you double which means if you play it perfectly a quarter million pounds becomes five hundred thousand pounds yeah 
one is plus ten thousand pounds, which means you're you're you get an extra ten thousand, which can turn a bad game into a good game. If you want a penny, you could sell, you could buy it and get ten thousand pounds in a penny. Wow, one is just the same means nothing happens. We wasted your time. One is it's half, meaning if you walked away with twenty thousand, now you're only leaving with ten thousand. Or if it says nothing, you lose all your money. Do you take the gamble? And people seem to have been fascinated by that, but I feel it's such an anticlimax to your game. When the final moment should be, we have two boxes left. You kept this box all the way to the end. You made a deal for 30000 Is this the right deal? Let's open it up. Oh, it was the 500. You made a great deal. Congratulations. Uh, now, what if we did that? Oh, you made 500. That's a great deal. Congratulations. Instead of immediately going, how do you feel? That's great. Okay, so box 23. You could keep going and gamble. It just it ruins the mood. It ruins the story arc because we're looking at highs and lows, highs and lows. By just adding a box 23 in Deal or No Deal UK, it just fizzled the show into being all about box 23 where you don't care about the main game now you care about box 23 and that does nothing for the show because now if a game crashes and burns well box 23 will be good that's it that's the show no that's a bad gimmick and i'm and i i'm glad that when they were doing their final gimmick episodes they decided against the freeze button and against box 23 and their final gimmick episodes the last episodes ever filmed were specials called deal or no deal on tour and what it was was basically noel edmonds brings 22 boxes to different locations around the uk like a like a planetarium uh like a like a music venue like a church uh, and, and try to, and a train, or was once where it was in a train. That was fun. Um, and the idea being, we're playing the game as this is going on. It's still the same game. Open up five, three, 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 and there's a bank offer on the plane. And that's what makes the uh, show work. And on the very last episode of Deal or No Deal on tour. They gave away a quarter million pounds, the top prize, and I thought that's the best way to close out. You're closing out with the big win. Uh, we started out with just this weird, like, 2000s show, and it became this amazing finale, heartwarming, because in these Deal or No Deal on tour, every one of the banker, like, every one of the box holders is a friend or family member for the contestant, because they were predetermined to play the game. And that added a whole new effect to the show. And it was such a great emotional farewell to the show. And I think that the show could continue in some aspects nowadays in Channel 4. I think it could even survive USA version. Uh, so I now have to explain Jordan's uh, revival version of Deal or No Deal. Because... That's what we usually end the show with. Uh, so, uh, if I was to have control of Deal or No Deal, as in this is the Jordan Deal or No Deal 
game show. Here's what I would do, and yes, it is going to be a train wreck. So in my new version of Deal or No Deal, I want to make it a cross between American version and the UK version. Uh, and if I was to do Deal or No Deal, I would make it, quote-unquote, faster and easier to win the million dollars. Yes, somehow picking up 26 cases is somehow not easy enough. So what if it was 20? 20 wooden boxes. Not not suitcases, wooden boxes. And this was a sin, and this was a Monday through Friday version. Now when I want if I'm doing a deal or no deal version, I want this to be on network. I want this to be network in the afternoon, similar to the UK version. So rather that's ABC, NBC, CBS, doesn't matter. But I want this to be at like the 3 p.m., 4 p.m. slot, much like Deal or No Deal in the UK. And I want to make sure that this screams afternoon game show, not primetime hostage negotiation themed game show. So much like also in Deal or No Deal UK, it's going to be kind of a loft theme. But by loft theme, I mean it's almost like, you know, like how they have on Good Morning America or on the Today Show, the wooden, the the glass window skyline of the big city. I would want that. I wouldn't want live uh, skyline of the city in this version of of Deal or No Deal. Why? It's my version. I can do whatever I want. It's the 100th episode. Uh, So it's a city skyline. And it's real. It's real. Like you're seeing cars out front. You're seeing people looking out the window like what's going on. They're seeing the 20 boxes. It's 20, not 26. 20 wooden boxes ranging from $1 million to one penny. Those 20 amounts, one penny, 25 cents, cents, $1, $5, $10, $25, $50, $100, $250, $500 on the left side. We'll call it the blues. On the right side, $1,000, $5,000, $10,000, $20,000, $30,000, $40,000, $50,000. And then the final three is $100,000, a quarter of a million dollars, two fifty, dollars And the top prize, $1 million. In this 20-box version, it plays like Deal or No Deal UK as well. Uh, you open up three and only three every round no six five four three two one but no five in the beginning it's just straight up three every time so you open up three here's an offer open up three here's an offer open up three here's an offer every one of the people holding the boxes is a contestant in an upcoming episode what i want is because it's 20 boxes with 20 contestants you rotate the contestant pool a lot so of the 20, you're not getting a new contestant. You're just rotating the board because five times four. You have 20 episodes a season. You get it? 20. We're 20 episodes. We have 20 episodes. We're, we take a break. Like classic old school game show. Monday through Friday for four weeks. That's 20 episodes. Rinse, repeat with another 20 slate. So it's a full 40. Rinse for pay for another 20 to make it 60, another 20 to make it 80. And you have everybody play the game together. So you'll have contestants who will be opening the boxes. And this is what makes the game a little bit more smarter. 
because this is the same 20 contestants over and over again playing the show, you're going to have contestants that have dealt and made regrets and they're still on set. So they're going to be offering advice to the contestants where they're going to be like, oh, please don't regret this. You're going to have contestants that may have won the million dollars still be on set and offer their advice like go with your gut. You're going to have people who made the big decision and lost everything and walk away with a penny or a quarter and they're still there and they're going, oh man, I don't want to be here, but my contract, <laughs> I have to be here. And I want to offer advice. Don't do not do what I did. Please take the deal. Uh, so that way it becomes kind of like a ghost of Christmas past kind of thing for the contestants. So now not only are they debating, they have contestants from the past talking to them and they'll have their friend and family in the audience as well. Because it's a loft theme, I want it to kind of look like a weird quasi-urban outfitter. So it's wooden floors, wooden boxes, but like fluorescent tube lights just hanging out out of nowhere. Weird shapes, just squiggles and triangles and circles to make it look like a party. I want this to look like a loft studio apartment house party, basically is where I'm going at with this. So when you get to the offers... And because it's an offer and it's the banker, it kind of plays more like a, a speakeasy kind of hush money, give me the box kind of format instead of a hostage negotiation, um, which would mean that you go from 10, you go from 20 to 17 to 14 to 11. Hey, the magic number 11, 11 goes to eight, the other magic number, which goes to five, which goes to two which means that you can actually have about seven acts which makes it good for an hour-long game show because uh, you can stretch for time the first act can be getting to know the contestant or we stretch out the last act the final decision in addition to making it beginning middle end per episode because we're book ending 20 episodes with one contestant per episode if someone deals early and we play on you can come up with twists in the game and I wrote down that there should be twists, such as if you keep the million dollars in play it, to the final five, you know, you win a car. Congratulations. Or if you can predict what your box is at the end of the show based on what the remainder is, you win a car. Or here's a vacation if you have an all blue round based on what you open. Some sort of like mini game. Or you play up the Australian format because you dealt early and you dealt for like $5,000, $10,000 because maybe that's all that you want. I am going to give every person in the in the remaining audience $1,000 if they can guess what's in there. Which could help if you are one of the 20 that had a rough time. Because maybe you'll get a bonus prize out of this or $1,000 out of this. Which is my workaround because I knew people would probably be thinking that. If you had somebody screw up and walk away with a penny, why should they stay on the show? Because there's bonus prizes if they deal. Ha! I thought of it. Ha! So they can win bonus prizes. They can win trips, vacations. The classic game show prizes as well. Uh, in addition, there's still a million dollars in place. So it becomes more of a party every day. We get to know a contestant. There's a million dollar prize. Not a half a million. Not a quarter million. A full million bucks still up for grabs every episode. Which means you don't know what that final act is. It could be a penny a million, $500 a million, quarter million and 100000 
It could be anything. And I think that's what makes the show more enticing because it's a one in 20 shot and a million dollars, which means the odds are already at 5%. You have the million, which already sparks a lot of, oh boy. But think about this. You're opening up three boxes at a time in this version, which means the decision-making is a little tougher, which also means more likely you're going to knock it out in earlier rounds and later rounds. So for the banker, it's tough, but they can offer lower values, which means you save your fucking budget. I, I playing this game, you're saving your budget because most of the time I've been seeing it's you knock out the top three amounts and you're playing for $50,000. Uh, normally, when it comes to a game show, oh, you knock out the million. Oh, I should stop watching. Why should I continue watching the game show? If they're not winning the million because now you're following the story. You're following like, well, it's $50,000 maybe for them. But at the same time, there could be a twist. There could be, because we've pre-selected all 20 contestants, a gimmick prize. You don't know. That's what makes the show work. And I think that's what I, I would love to see in a new version of Deal or No Deal. You take some core aspects of a lot of formats. It feels like the UK version because it's civilian contestants. It feels like the Australian format because of the words of encouragement. But there's prizes like the American version. It has an upbeat vibe to the show, and you know you're going to get us. You're going to get ridiculous prizes on offer as well. That's what I think would make the show work, and that's why I I, I love Deal or No Deal. And as much as I miss that show on all these countries, I think the show could make a comeback. It is my favorite game show of all time. It is the sticker twist that we see in every game show from Tic-Tac-Doe's Beat the Dragon to Beat the Devil in 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 the Joker's Wild to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire when you try to say that final answer. It's that sticker twist that makes a game show work. It's that to an nth degree. That's what makes a game show work. It's not so much the gameplay as it is the contestant. This is a show that puts the gameplay second and the contestants first and it's hard to do that and make it be a success, but Deal or No Deal is a success in my book, and it's why it, a game show is not just a game, it's a show, and they can somehow manage to do both. And that's why, at the end of this 100th episode, I gotta say how much I love Deal or No Deal. It's one of my favorite shows. I'm not gonna do the whole uh, I should host Deal or No Deal thing. I, I figure I've already bit myself more than I could chew in this bit. But for my wonder of episode, Deal or No Deal works because you have great contestants, life-changing stories, and great decision points, and funny moments. And you get to know the best and worst of humanity. And it's all decision-making. It's all gambling. And what makes the show work is when you don't look back once you made your decision. You could have had 40000 yeah, but live in the moment. Now you have 20000 but that's still a lot of money. And that's why Deal or No Deal, my favorite game show. Otherwise, it's going to be Press Your Luck. And let's face it, I don't want the whammy to, to scream at me. Have you seen the new whammies? They're spooky. The banker's not spooky. The banker's just a shadowy feed creature. We don't know him. So that's going to be it. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we'll see you next time right here on Game Shows 
I suppose. I'm doing that salute squiggly thing. 